Hey, you're listening to The Weekly Bakay, hosted by Toby, Jasmine, and Sophie. This is Toby. This is Jasmine. And this is Sophie. And we're here to give you guys our June episode this week slash month. And as if things were not chaotic enough when we recorded the May episode, of course, the world continues to keep us on our toes. Obviously, we don't need to give a complete breakdown of everything that took place um, the past week before we recorded this episode in the United States. However, it was another vicious, awful act that we've been seeing take place not only over centuries, but especially in the past five years in the U.S. And I think the difference now is that it's been blown up on a global scale and people are tired and demanding change as we should. And obviously, we don't want to add noise to the already super crowded and loud loud room. We want to contribute in a way that's constructive. And we spoke about how we wanted to tackle this before we started recording the podcast, because obviously we're all women of color in three different ways. And we've all experienced this in different ways. But before we want to talk about how we're feeling in our own experience during this time, Um, and how we're going to move forward. We want to talk about what you can do in order to help contribute to that change if you're so willing. So um, Jasmine, do you have some of that information? Yes. So I know right now it's it's a very difficult time to ensure that you're taking the right steps to contribute to the change and make a difference. Um, Some of the easiest ways that I personally have been able to help and I know I know both Toby and Sophie have as well is simply just donating, educating and signing petitions. Um, If you literally just Google um, petitions to sign uh, any I mean, I'm sure you don't need to. You can also scroll through Twitter, some really good um, organizations to donate to. Of course, Black Lives Matter. You can also donate um, to any of the memorial funds. They've all exceeded their um, limits or like, no, not their limits. They've exceeded their goals, which is amazing. And I'm so proud to see the world come together. You can donate to another organization called Campaign Zero, which right now they are advocating um, the eight can't wait program where police accountability is being implemented or they're advocating for police accountability steps that police officers can take to ensure that um, an interaction, especially with a person of color, um, doesn't escalate to such a violent and tragic ending. You can also donate to the NACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. and again, community bail funds are, are probably some of one of the best places your money can go to right now on a local scale. Um, I know in Kansas City, there's a lot of ways that there's a lot of ways that you can empower the Black community by supporting, buying from, um, and donating to. So again, the Kansas City Bail Fund, the Race Project here in KC. Let's see here. Also, I think a really great way that we can continue to support the Black community is to, of course, support Black businesses. Um, Miss Aurora James, which if you guys already don't follow her, you should. She's an artisan based in Brooklyn that designs um, sustainable like shoes and just really beautiful, beautifully crafted clothing pieces. She is starting a campaign called the 15% Pledge. Um, which you can actually find on Instagram and we're trying to get her to a million signatures. And basically the, um, the objective of this pledge is to hold major retailers accountable to ensure that they at least pledge 15% of their shelf space for black owned businesses. Um, and again, just continuing to stay educated, stay updated. I know it gets really overwhelming, um, you know, being bombarded with so much information, constantly all the time but it's really important that we keep the momentum up this isn't just a social media trend that we can let die out and move on this is about this is a battle that we all have to fight for continuously until we see a greater collective change mm-hmm. yeah and Desmond listed a lot of good local resources but if you're listening and you're not from Kansas City or living in Kansas City like me look for different things in your area wherever you're from whatever city country 
and yeah sorry sophie were you about to say something um or did- not necessarily i mean i have a whole bunch to say uh, but oh, i do uh, i think it's important to give back locally obviously and i think with our with the pandemic that occurred and you know we're all trying to stay local and support like our small businesses within our community i think that's super 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 important so giving out bail funds because people are getting arrested for protesting now that curfews are intact and everything so i i think it's important to give back to your local community that's not necessarily the case there's plenty of um places that you can do it globally or just supporting black communities regardless of if it's for makeup or if it's for clothing or if it's listening to their music. I think there's so many ways that you can like have use your voice and not ne- necessarily give financially because I think like I said with a pandemic a lot of us don't have just extra cash to give out. So you can protest in your own ways. Um I'm currently in Colorado right now and there's been awesome awesome protests that have been happening downtown. Um, that you can be a part of. I personally am not partaking in physical protesting because I am with people that are at high risk for COVID. Um, if they were to get contracted with COVID, it wouldn't be a cute scene for them. So um, I'm, you know, protesting in my own home. And something that my, who I'm with right now, my boyfriend, we have been running for eight minutes and 46 seconds every day. And that's how long George Floyd was, had his, had the knee on his neck and and it and it doesn't mean that it means it means something to us it doesn't necessarily mean something to everybody but just like having those like moments of solidarity for yourself I think is a good place to put your mind into not just your mind into somebody obviously I've never been in George Floyd's position but just having a little bit of what I can do mentally and having that conversation within myself for eight minutes and 46 seconds or however it is standing for eight minutes and 46 seconds or meditating for eight minutes and 46 seconds or however you want to protest. I think it's really important to understand that you have a lot of outlets to do so. And even having this conversation now, right? Like even putting our voices out there through a podcast, through Instagram, through having conversations at home. I think that's a great way to start like a reform and start educating ourselves listening to other people's perspectives, educating others in the home, or however you like to do it. There's plenty of outlets that you can take or do to make a change in this world. Because at this point, we can't... I do think that we need radical change. I don't think that's feasible for everyone. But I do think that it it starts with a conversation um, and that hopefully that there's going to be a domino effect. And I think this world is ready for radical change through many facets or many outlets yeah that was really well said and the only thing i want to add to that before we give a brief update on where we're each at right now apologies since i forgot to do it at the beginning and before we talk about how we're feeling racism is not just a u.s problem Mm. and living in europe and really understanding for the first time in my life that people were not exposed to the root of racism in the u.s the way that you are when you're born and bred there so there's a lot of external confusion as to what's going on there's a lot of shock which of course growing up in the u.s we're not shocked we're used to this injustice injustice but to them it's a shock and so really taking the time to educate and making sure that if you're an american that's not in america you're educating those around you and you're having those conversations that's also part of inciting change because it's all of course all these people would will claim they're not racist and they aren't but in order to be anti-racist you really have to understand what's truly going on the only way they understand is if you have those conversations so that's that but in terms of where we're each at at the moment um obviously thank god like COVID situation isn't clearly out of the way, but it has been clearing up. And so, at least for me here in Germany, I returned to my workplace physically two weeks ago, which was nice. Um, being reunited with my team in person um, and just, I, I mean, I work in product creation, so it's a lot easier to be there with the samples and touching and feeling fabrics and really being able to be back into the role in full force has been nice. Our town, our city is fully opened up and our um, borders are going to open within Europe on June 15th. So things are looking up on that end of the spectrum. What about you, Jasmine? 
Well, guys, <laughs> I finally graduated college. Yay! It finally <laughs> happened. Um, yeah, it's it's a really surreal feeling just because it was a long road ahead and I really didn't feel like it was going to end. And then I blinked and it did. And yeah, I actually, so for, it's funny for the, just this quick little brag for the first time ever in my college career. And of course I got it right. Finally, my last semester, I graduated college with all A's in all my classes. Oh yeah. That's so awesome. Isn't that crazy? I was, I didn't, like, I was like, wow, I really could do it. It only took me to the last semester to get it right, but better late than never. Very true. And yeah, with hopefully with everything um you know starting to let up a little bit with covid hopefully i will secure a job soon i do a thing where i apply to a job three times a day you know i apply to three different jobs a day um i have i have gotten some emails about interested about like an interest with setting up um interviews over the phone because i am trying to push myself to move out of state so it's we're gonna have to like arrange on like my time their time when we're gonna interview but yes, very exciting, and I'm finally taking I'm taking the risk in my life that I've always wanted to because nothing can hold me back anymore. But yeah, that's where I'm at. So. That's very cool. Yeah, dude, it's I think college graduation is like incredibly liberating. Yeah, it seriously, is so it is so cool, and it's like it's it's not cooler because it's a privilege, but it like kind of makes you more aware of like there's people out there that don't have this experience, right? Like there's mm-hmm. people out there that can't afford to go to college, can't have a secondary education or don't have access to it. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a really, it's a cool privilege to be able to say that I'm a college graduate. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's a weird feeling that I'm like still unemployed and now no longer in school. So I've been trying to find other ways to like make myself feel productive and like, like, I don't know, um, meaningful purposeful yeah. while while I'm transitioning into finally my big girl job but yeah you definitely that's yeah you make a great point so if it's like it's the most it's like when you finally graduate it's so humbling and it's so liberating and like yeah. I'm not only thankful for like myself of being able to persevere but I'm just like thankful for all the circumstances around me to have given me the opportunity to you know finally secure this degree because girls a long time coming for sure yeah and we're proud of you, Jasmine. Thank you. Thank you. What about you, so? Hmm. Um, I mean, not much, honestly. I'm yeah. in I'm in Colorado. There's the world's in fucking flames, so <laughs> I've I think I've tried to um I mean, I talked about this on the podcast before, but with like my one of my majors, it's like you listen and educate yourself on all these problems in the world, but there's no solution to it. And so this right now it's like there's like with COVID, there's like no solution with black, you know, with black injustice, not just in America, but like Toby said, around the world. I mean, there's just there's just so much access and un, like so much access to all this fuckery, but there's no solution to it. And it's just like sometimes it can be like really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I'm I mean, I'm in Colorado and I'm just, you know, being with like my family and trying to do trying to live life normally but I I but I enjoy like I enjoy having these kind of conversations I mean it's shitty to have them but like I like listening to other people's conversations and I'm thankfully in a place that um where I'm saying like the family that I'm with is incredibly liberal and they don't play no fucking games to any of this kind of stuff so um it's nice to like talk to them and see them from see all this stuff from their perspective mm-hmm um, and one of the people that I'm staying with, like, she is a retired lawyer. And so she has a lot of, like, legal aspects to it. So it's really cool to, like, hear how she's, how she sees this stuff. Because she sees it through a lens completely different mm-hmm. than I do. So it's pretty cool. I bet. I mean, you already kind of started talking about how you're feeling right now, given all the current circumstances. But then do you have anything else to add, especially, like, from what you've been learning from her or just things you've observed during this I guess civil war part two yeah kind of (laughs) um I think I've looked I've I've looked at a lot of these 
problems and in inter- through intersections of society in an educated way. And I look at it through a lens of like literally me learning about this stuff. I don't actually see it through my lens sometimes. And so now, sorry, there's dogs barking, but now I'm kind of like taking this time to see things through like genuinely my perspective and not from like me reading studies about this, that kind of stuff. Um, which is like really cool. Cause I think that what I've learned has made me incredibly knowledgeable on, um, how I see intersections of society and system systemic oppression and racial injustice. Um, but now I'm kind of seeing like, how do I, how do, how does Sophie myself see things? Um, and so that's nice to like, kind of have, see it without me having to like write an, an essay about it or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, that the more that we're exposed to stuff, you kind of just, like, realize how messed up this world is. <laughs> and it's like, oh my, oh my gosh, like, we've fought for the same thing. I mean, I, I feel like we've fought for racial justice for years on years on years on years. And I think that we're kind of at this point where there's just no tolerance for, there's just no tolerance for any injustice especially with black lives, all mm-hmm. kinds of black lives, right? Trans black lives. I mean, everything, everything. And so I'm kind of at that point where I have genuinely cut off a lot of my conservative friends. And I've, and I've always, I've always said that I do not care about your political affiliation, but for my mentality and for my livelihood, I can't have I can't have friends that genuinely don't see eye to eye when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Like, don't stay here and try to tell me all lives matter. You will get blocked and deleted. Period. Like, I, I, I just, I don't have, to, I don't have tolerance for it. And there's two people are literally innocent lives are literally getting taken because of white privilege and mm-hmm. white supremacy. So mm-hmm. at this point. I'm not going to let people, that negativity into my life. Um, mm-hmm. So I've kind of, I'm not, not I don't have a, a super conservative friends um, or family members, thankfully. Um, but like, just like people on Facebook and people that I follow on Twitter. I mean, like I know that I sometimes know, kind of know. I mean, they're just, it's just gone. I don't need, I don't need that in my, in my space. Like, yeah, I'm cutting those hoes off and it's done with. Um, so it's nice to like, for me to reevaluate. Um, and just taking time to like see it through Sophie Sophie lens, um, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 really frustrated and upset. I th- and I think I also understand that I, as a half black woman, and I'm looking at the color of my skin, and I am um, looking at like media. I'm lighter skinned, so therefore I'm a more socially acceptable, and I think that's a super fucked yeah. up. And I, and I think, and I'm aware of that. And so I'm, I'm fighting for people that don't look like me. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and my fight is different than everybody else's fight for sure. But I think it has to also, like, you have to look at yourself and physically and see what I look like. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my social economic status. I'm looking at my race, my gender, my sexuality. And I think that I kind of fit into categories that are more privileged than others. Um, and so I, I want to take a stand for people that don't look like me, that probably have the same heart as me, but are not being treated the same way or seen the same way. And I, 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 and it's, and it's not like I'm fighting for equality. I'm fighting for equity. So I think it's just, it's just, Sophie's taking time to understand what I look like, how I fit into the spectrum and how I can fight for people that ha- could possibly have the same heart as me, but aren't mm-hmm. seen the same way. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um. Oh my, the dogs are talking too. Yeah, no, the dogs are like, go on. They're like, go, go come on, sis. Come on, sis. Um, but I'm, I, I just, I'm like tired of, I just don't want this to happen anymore. I'm tired of black lives dying. 
And it's like, and I think a lot of people are feeling that same way too. Um, but I do think that we're at a really opportune time right now that things like we're having change and it's not just on people that want to be advocates um, and allies. It's like everybody's like we're going we're going to like federal. We're, go- we're ch- like we're looking at the Constitution. You know, we're like changing things. And I think a great way that we all can advocate as well as like you were talking about the take eight. Or what was it? The, yeah, the action, eight. Yeah, action eight or whatever it is. But it's basically just putting in guidelines that police need to be reinformed on how to deal with certain situations. And I think that's a fantastic way to possibly combat police brutality is to put in guidelines to the police saying that like you cannot touch the shoulders and up, right? You cannot shoot people. I think it's we need to put in a little bit of police reform. And I think that's a great way that we can legally like take a stand like like there's an action that can happen. Right. By putting in these reforms in police guidelines. And I think that's probably something that's realistically will happen if we keep fighting. Mm-hmm. 100. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it definitely is going to start with um, altering our, our, our auto, like authoritative inform- mm. like, enforcement, especially because did you know that in 34 states, police officers are not required to take de-escalation training? 34 states. That's crazy. That's, yeah, that's more than that's more than half of this country and it's just i think you know it's there should there should be more education more training more regulation when it comes to our law enforcement because they are an entity that we deem as responsible for our our safety and well-being as a whole Mm -hmm. and so there should be regulatory training you know educational opportunities for them to know how to properly handle interactions with civilians especially people of color and i will say i know like it's on like one end i'm so it's so heavy and it's and it's so upsetting and you know it's very up and down but then on the other end i'm also like so hopeful and i'm so proud to you know because our like our generation and like the millennials like people are fed up people are no longer allowing this is this is like no longer just like a just like a oh like it should no longer be a bipartisan issue this should just be a whole like collective thought of black lives fucking matter and you know like right what's not clicking what's not clicking well and also too i think it's 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 also baffling for me that people are so shocked that people are still angry and upset and heartbroken because the civil rights movement was only like 60 years ago the first the first black um, child to go into a white school like a white elementary school she's 65 now that is that's not that old that's no. not that long ago my grandparents you know? are older than that yeah we see we see how fast time goes by in just like the three months of coronavirus like 60 years is not a long time guys like i agree it's but i am very hopeful and i'm very proud and you know, I we just but we just have to keep this momentum going. This is not just a social media trend. This is not just a viral internet situation. This is this is like a collective effort that we have to instill permanent change to. For sure. And I and think that's all that it is. I think people also need to understand that like police officers are literally the most protected citizen in America. Mm-hmm. Like socially and legally, like it's literally almost impossible to press charges. Yeah. on police officers especially with p- police brutality i was talking to you know the lawyer that i'm staying with ex-retiree lawyer and the fact that they got pushed from like third degree uh, i'm talking about george floyd's case. yes they're four cops the fact that they got pushed from third degree to second degree is like astonishing and that doesn't happen and like they're getting charged for like murder like that doesn't mm-hmm. ha- that doesn't happen um there's no there i don't think there's enough evidence for them to go to first degree so people that are pushing for first degree murder like they will not it will not hold up in court so i'm like chilling with the second degree murder yeah because for first degree you have to prove intent and right. you have to prove premeditated intent yeah and so that that but and yeah it's just Oh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, but, guys. Um, oh, no, another way you can help is contacting your government officials, whether it's locally or on a national scale, and asking them what are they 
what states are they taking to ensure police accountability and, and, and demand that they see these measures through? That is, that's another way you can help. It's free. It's quick. And a quick email. You don't even have to call anybody. Because I, I know how we all feel about calling and talking and hearing voices. <laughs> you can send an email and you can keep sending and sending and sending and sending. Sign any any petition you see that is advocating for police accountability. True. And, and yeah. hit the ballots. Hello. Mm-hmm. Our primaries yes. are coming up. Vote. Yes, please vote. And our presidential primary happens in November, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone, every state for like primaries is different so like in Colorado it's in it's this month Kansas I'm not sure but not I mean just be just educate yourself in like how you can vote some places you have to physically go and vote some places you can vote um through the mail or you can just like you have a ballot sent to you and you can just go drop it off um especially with COVID and you still want to be safe there's plenty of measures that are like that they're the voting offices that are taking so you do have access to voting um for the most part, I mean, let's be real, like, voting is a com- huge issue in America. But uh, that's a conversation for another day. But um, people our age genuinely don't vote. Um, and I think that it's literally our, our right to vote. So if you can and you have access to it and you want to take a stand, like, through our government, you need to go and vote for those representatives. And that's word on the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Toby, <laughs> thoughts, comments, concerns. I was just trying to take in everything so I could think of what I wanted to say in a constructive way. But I was just telling Sophie and Jasmine before we got on that this has been probably the most exhausting emotionally, like, week of my life not to make this about me but it's no but it is it is we need to listen to women's narratives about us in the sense that we as you said about finding how you specifically are going to incite change because that's important like how the reason why so many people have the privilege to turn a blind eye is because they think it doesn't affect them directly but in my opinion if you are a human the fact that black lives are being taken away should matter to you and living outside of the u.s where racism is literally at the root of so many problems and then moving to a country where they don't want to speak about racism due to their past like really troublesome past you kind of forget I don't want to speak for other black people, but I know that I have been fortunate and I became so aware of my privilege. One, being African, and then two, working in a team and like being put in situations where I was really highly favored and I never for once felt like I was at a disadvantage for being black. And then realizing that I have many colleagues and many former colleagues who have had a completely different experience overwhelmed me with a huge sense of guilt and was like i am no better than any other black person before and after me in this industry that i work in this is not about me and my own experience this is about the black experience and what i can do to then help help the greater collective because i think what's going on is this the horrible, horrible thing that happened a week ago has all of a sudden opened up the floodgates in in terms of issues just within the Black community, aside from police brutality. But, like, diversity in the workplace and these sorts of things are being exposed. Companies are apologizing for ways that they haven't in the past, and things are really getting shaken up internally in a lot of organizations. I I don't want to speak up necessarily about what's happening in mine, but it's it's been really hard and really eye-opening and like having to turn the mirror on yourself and saying, what have I stayed silent about and what can I change personally? Um, that's been really big. And then also, I think growing up a minority, you're always like just happy to be in the room. But that's not what diversity means. We shouldn't be happy to be in the room as a privilege. It's our right. Mm-hmm looking around the room and ensuring that there are other people in it that look like you, that's going to be one 
I mean, that's always been a goal of mine, but I think I got so used to being the only black person in the room and just being thankful that I wasn't looked at differently for being that person, but rather praised to being like, hey, that's not okay. There needs to be more people. And, and this is just not something that's going to stand anymore has been um, something. And then also, I think the power of educating, I think that I'll, America, I, okay, I love Americans for the sense that they speak, they're not afraid to, and you get things going, and you're not afraid to. In Europe, there's a lot of cultural differences, and people don't, it, the, cancel culture is not, like, as prevalent as it is in America. And what I noticed being here is that, as we spoke about before we got on the phone, there's a lot of confusion as to what's going on in America, because a lot of people aren't educated as to our history mm. and what are as bad as the way that they are so then being the only black american in the room and then having to be essentially a textbook that gets tiring but the only way that people learn and everyone can gather to realize this is a global issue and we need to stand behind the black community not only in america but across the world and also every other minority that's been marginalized you have to educate them so it's about having those conversations and not being so quick to cancel i've had to have some really tough conversations this past week that have resulted in people who did not know things before or were unsure about where they stood, all of a sudden being at a protest on Saturday in honor of Black Lives or saying that they're not going to do certain things in their workplace or they're not going to participate in certain things in order to stand in solidarity. That's progress. The mm. fact that all took place in a week. So I commend all of the members of the black community and other people of color and other allies who are using their voices in order to educate because at the end of the day, it's not fun, mm. but it's what's helping drive change. And that's why I'm hopeful and I'm at peace now. It was a rough week, but bounce back and ready to keep going and just praying that all this stuff that we're doing is not in vain. Um, True. And that things move forward. Well, and I but, oh, sorry. No, 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 go, go, go. No, I mean, I was going to already, like, move on because I think we've done a really good job. Sure, but yeah. Add then. No, no, I think, and I'm, re I'm ready to, like, transition as well. Yeah. But I, I, um, I'm just thinking that you have to be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and we've, and there's plenty of people that have taken to social media that are, shaking the table flipping the table and and we've seen this happen a lot from like celebrities and all that kind of stuff um but we had yesterday the nfl commissioner apologized for how he was treating treating his black athletes um what? which like literally we were we were eating dinner and everyone at the table was like what yeah. like that's something that like that's what we need to see this is why we have protests not saying protests not riots okay this yeah. is why this is why we have those uncomfortable conversations because this is the change i mean it's happening we're here we're living in it um but we had plenty of i'm really selective in who i i'm obsessed with on you know music wise and i think we all know that but you know we had charlie xcx who's been a huge huge lgbtqia plus advocate and especially black black advocate as well um and she's has no problem having those uncomfortable conversations on social media um through her stories instagram stories what she's posting on twitter um lady gaga as we know is like a gay icon basically mm -hmm. and she's come out and has said a lot of incredible things on social media. And, you know, she's just not... She, she, it's not like she doesn't have anything to lose. But she, but she is an advocate for Black Lives Matter. And she has no issue going into comments and, you know, speaking her mind on social media. And multiple times. She has... Lady Gaga has come out on Twitter um, and, I believe, Instagram and has multiple conversations that possibly could make some of her you know, following uncomfortable. Um, but... Be humble. Be humble? No, I said be uncomfortable. Be uncomfortable, exactly, exactly. Um, but, you know, with the launch of LG6, Chromatica, you know, she's... I'm not saying this is, like, the pinnacle of her career because I think Lady Gaga is incredibly talented. Um, but it's... I mean, I've 
really like Chromatica, um, her latest album, and the fact that I can confidently say that I'm listening to music that I know the artist of this is supporting me and supporting every other black body out there, um, every other gay body out there. You know what I mean? I think it's really, it's comforting because sometimes you like listen to music and you're like, list, like and you're like, where are, where are they coming from? Who are they supporting? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you have artists that you love already, you love their music and then they come out and they're, um, a sub- they are here to support and to help out financially and to have those uncomfortable conversations. I think it's, I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so then what are your favorite songs on Chromactica before I sing mine? Um, I like all of them. I need to, I need to look it up, but, um, obviously Stupid Love and Rain On Me. Rain with me, rain on me with Air oh, Ariana Grande. Oh, you know rain on me. Yes, you do, Girl. Beach. Um, flame, like literally. When you, when you talk about singles, she knows how to do it. She knows how to do it right. Um, I like Alice. I like Enigma. Enigma is um, literally like I just want to be like running around in a club, like you know. That's <laughs> so when I hear Enigma, I'm like I'm like gonna start and I'm not stopping until the song's over. Mm-hmm. Soon, babe. Soon. <laughs> soon. Um, and she. I need to look up the name of it. Look at me being a bad podcaster. I have the album pulled up in front of me. Um, there's the song with Blackpink. Yeah. Sour Candy. I'm not saying I like it, but I do think it's really cool that she has brought <laughs> K-pop. And you guys know I've always been a big advocate for K-pop. Thank you. Um, but I think it's cool that she's brought in a big K-pop artist who had played at Coachella, you know, like we're moving in, we're, we're being inclusive and we're growing up. And I think it's really cool. Um, but yeah, so Alice, stupid love, rain on me, Enigma. I even like replay. Honestly, I like plastic doll too. I I don't know. I'm, I, I just really like Lady Gaga and my favorite Lady Gaga album is art pop. And this is very art pop inspired. Um, and it's just like, it's funky. It's groovy. It's it's what I was like after we had like Joanne. I'm like, girl, give me like pop Gaga again, please. And then she's coming here full force. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm very happy with this album, and I'll be mm-hmm. listening to it until the cows come home. Mm-hmm. Which if people know, that's a, such a country bumpkin thing for me to say. Are you from Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> until the cows come home. <laughs> Okay, um, Toby, what's your favorites? Personally, I mean, I love Gaga and I love pop music, but it, it's not a shock to anyone. I the biggest music snob ever. The thing is, I, I rate things really hard. I either have a really strong opinion, completely indifferent, and "Stupid Love" and "Rain on Me." phenomenal mm. so already said it the thing is gaga said she was going to reclaim the dance floor <laughs> with this album and with 2020 and i think 100 percent succeeded with that um <laughs> going off of what sophie said about her bringing blackpink on i think that is phenomenal especially given that lady gaga is one of the biggest names in pop it will be for the past decade in the decade to come however i think sour candy was a flop i didn't <laughs> like it at all Knowing what Blackpink can do, true. It was just it was not the track for me. However, the production on this album I think was phenomenal. I love how disco is still like extremely very prevalent, and we're moving away from the EDM sound that was great at the start, but then completely robbed the radio. <laughs> over the- <laughs> that's the way to say it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's my two cents on that. There are other songs that I definitely liked, and I think the transitions were really seamless. And I'll give that to her. And I, I have friends that who are pop fans who listen to this, who aren't like pop fans the way we are pop fans, and listen to this album, and we're really like, oh, the artistry of Chromatica one and Chromatica two, and the so I'm like, yeah, she she won them over with those transitions. Yeah, there's like Chromatica, <laughs> like the three. There's three of them on there. There's one, yeah. two, and three. There is. And altogether, I think it was a really good album. But I think also it's just one of those things where the singles were just so amazing that that bar is just set so high. And that if you have your expectations up that high, 
and everything else is just good but not extremely memorable, then it's like true. It, then it's harder for me to be like, this is my favorite Gaga album. For you know, sure. Gaga and it was great. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. she 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 really doesn't disappoint, to be honest. Mm-mm. But no, but stupid love really I mean, come on. I would jump out of a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I want you stupid. Well, you and these visuals lately. <laughs> like I'm getting a visual. <laughs> I love stupid love. I, come on. <laughs> I think for people knowing I didn't <laughs> Recognizably, like as the same song. But anyways, um, we know Jasmine did listen to this album, so we don't need to. Add <laughs> yeah, sorry. But we do get to move on to Miss Charlie XCX. Literally, as we were and her like art print is on my wall from my album. But Charlie dropped How I'm Feeling Now, which was her quarantine project. Apparently, she was planning on dropping a completely different album this year. Scrapped it and was like, I want to release this project. She produced it um from her home like with her manager and also like her boyfriend shooting her album art that's the backstory if you want more like go and read on pitchfork or online because yeah we're not a dictionary but how mm-hmm. i'm feeling in may the critics loved it the fans loved it and i guess we can go into our favorites but i must start by saying i love being the first to say the favorites because i know a lot of us have the same favorites go but ahead i will only speak about party for you because i think that literally the seconds 136 to two minutes are reasons why charlie xcx is one of the greatest musicians of this decade the way that she wrote that little section for the syncopated rhythm the fact that it, she literally became a like a rapper but a singer with the heart of like an r&b like legend all within like 20 seconds rest Wreck me! I'm like, this is some of her best work. I am so hyped over this song that I I honestly don't even know what to say. The, I can't remember the last time I was more gassed over like a song. I said this to my brother. My brother's like, Charlie went the fuck off. It's like, too good. And the fact that it's like, and we always have these concepts of albums where like, you have like the, the bell curve. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Party For mm-hmm. You is like the third song to the end. I'm like, she really came for us. And they, like, Party For You is like, why do you people even try? <laughs> She's a genius! <laughs> She's so good. No, Party For You, like, it, it really just slaps. It yeah. really slaps. I have to say, Party For You Party for you is probably top five Charlie songs for me. Yeah. And that's saying something because, like... Charlie, like, sometimes make you black out. Like, her music really is that good. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and there's, like, songs that I forget that are off of different albums. And I'm like, yo, this is a banger. I mean, like, I don't know. We could talk about Charlie for, like, 55 years. Party For You is obviously um, a crowd favorite. Um, but, it, it, I mean, it's really well done. Yeah. Like, point blank period. Um, I like Forever a lot. It, yes. Um, yes. And <sighs> Charlie has a great way of like i'm not saying like she does like radio singles but like but she but but she kind of like has a way of like making music really appealing but like really complex at the same time yep and i think that's why we're huge fans of her i mean you don't have you don't you you can be like this is a piece of art but like it slaps at the same time i'm not listening to like some intricate 55 year long process of a song mm-hmm. like she just kind of gets it and she puts it out there and it's it's her work of art is always like just perfect but yeah. i really like forever and i like detonate too um which i don't know if people like <laughs> toby said what's detonate <laughs> what'd you say um i like i was just saying so i like forever a lot i like detonate detonate it oh sorry i'm like i literally pronounce it like detonate but that's oh. just because <laughs> i didn't know like, what word is that? You don't, like, a detonate <laughs> like a bomb? Like, you detonate... Toby. Sorry, Nigerians, Nigerians literally say detonate. That's why... I, <laughs> that's why I was like, what? I kind of like that better. It's It doesn't sound like so much of a sound. It's, like, actually enunciated. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, um, I, I like the album. I think, um, C2.0. 
is it's, trash. It's like, I fucking loved the Click remix because I love Click. I think it's some of Charlie's worst work. I don't know what the fuck she was doing. It's a transition song, guys. And it's also a, just a remix. I, I don't... <laughs> I just, I just think it's done. I don't know. I don't like it. I, I just remember I'm like listening to it and I'm like, I feel like robots are having sex, which is so on brand for Charlie though. Yeah, that's super Charlie. But no, I honestly, I don't think it's meant to be a real song. I really don't think it's meant to be a real song. So I, I could have done without it. About it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, so this is her first album that I listened to without being prompted by Toby and Sophie. Mm-hmm. And when I, like, I, I was so proud did i was like what the fuck where have i been like why have i not because i will say because you guys know me i resonate primarily with lyrics and especially lyrics about toxic relationships so inevitably enemy is my favorite <laughs> i know mm. i know i know um yeah except for i when i first heard when that song first came on when i was playing the album i like i i, I played it like three more times i was like <laughs> i just have to loop it back um and yeah she i mean she has a song for everybody on this album i feel like and i'm still i'm still so impressed that she put this together in 39 days like an album that literally took the public by the throat was created in 39 days like Mm. yeah what what can't she do like you know true like but yeah yeah and Nothing. I was like, that's all I have to say, because oh. you guys it, it's expressed the excitement enough, yeah. you know, but Word. what's happening now? And so to close out the episode, of course, we have to talk about more music <laughs> with, <laughs> with the weekly playlist. Um, well, I guess since I'm speaking, I might as well just say one song that I super enjoy. Man, sorry, guys, my English is getting worse, but um, it's called do it by chloe and hallie and obviously they're signed to beyonce's label and they just popped off the thing is i feel like there's they're so underrated people don't really take the time to listen to them and like i think it's because they do so many different things like they're actors and this and that but no these girls they can write and they can sing and but do it was just like i feel like it was almost a rebirth of them to these like grown-up like r&b like sensual like queens they just owned it and it was young at the same time as like without being elementary you know what i mean because you don't want to over sexualize yourself when you're their age Mm -hmm. did a really good job of like keeping it hot but also keeping it young Mm, i like that great yeah um i personally have just been listening to Future's album, High Off Life. Um, it's a 21-track album, I will say. And, um, For most, a lot. Yeah. It, so I, was, I was like, honey, got to get with the memo. We got to cut some of this. But I, my top two favorites that I have been looping through are 100 Shooters with Meek Mill and Doughboy and Solitaires, of course, with Travis Scott. As soon as I saw Travis was on a track, you, like that's that's what sold me on the album was Travis. As soon as I saw Travis, I listened to that Love the songs. So I gave the album a chance, and yeah, those those two are my fave from the album. I've been looping it through. It's it's. I will say, Future's music makes me feel the most like normal of like life before coronavirus. You know, it just like, it just makes me feel like I'm with my friends again. Mm-hmm. We're all getting fucked up. We're all having a good time, enjoying good music, hanging out with each other. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the vibe I get from the album. So that's why it resonated with me. But yeah, it's a 21 track album. So pick and choose your winners. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> um the next time that I listen to a, an album that has 21 songs I will be paid I'm not <laughs> willingly listening to an album that has 21 songs financial compensation <laughs> I... <laughs> if you are a loved one have listened to a 21 track album please you are legally obligated to ask for financial compensation <laughs> literally oh my god what's wrong with people um <laughs> that's your tweet <laughs> that's my tweet um but what i've been listening to which is like totally is it on brand for me is it off brand for me i don't know but i've been listening to musicals a lot recently Fuck yeah. i don't know why <laughs> I don't know how it started. 
but I just want to say people that write musicals are so talented it's insane it's literally insane and um I mean there's like the storyline and everything um so I've been listening to Hamilton I've been listening to a couple songs off of Hamilton because I haven't seen Hamilton mm-hmm. and I want to get like the full story of it mm-hmm. um because I think Hamilton was an incredibly progressive move for Broadway for musical theater um and telling the stories and how they were casted and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but I listened to a couple of off of Hamilton. I've been listening to Hairspray, which Hairspray's my <laughs> It's so good. Dude, w- welcome to the 60s. I was like, please, Jesus. Please. I was like, I'm like, someone needs to fund a time machine. Hey, mama. Hey, mama. <laughs> it's just so cute. And it's just so happy. And Hairspray's, um, I mean, here's where he was kind of shaking the table, too. And that's the cool thing about Broadway and, like, musicals. It's, like, they can put some really aggressive material in a way that's, like, acceptable to people because it's in a music form and it's, like, people are dancing and bubbly and all that kind of stuff. So maybe they should make one of 2020. You should. They probably will. I'm sure somebody will. Honestly, let's do that. We're, we call that. We call that. <laughs> yeah. And we the <laughs> Are you a yeah, we're gonna hire Chris Brown because <laughs> he's the only person that could do like forty songs. You're right, Chris Brown must be the leading man. Oh shit! Oh my god, wow. people so would we're drop to pay that. people to listen to our forty track yeah. article. <laughs> I expect boring ticket sales <laughs> through the roof. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, and I've been listening to Legally Blonde the musical, but I've listened to stuff here and there. Um, I think it's just. The community of Broadway is um, really innate. And it's like, you don't have to, there's, you could, you don't have to like love musical theater to like like some of these songs. So that's what I've been listening to a lot, especially because I was moving and I was like literally like listening. I was just like, how do my headphones and I was just like listening to songs and like, and they tell a story. So it's like, you can just like listen to like one over like, you can just, like, listen to an album and, like, get, like, basically a musical, which is cool. Yeah. It is true. hmm Yeah. That was really nice to speak about music, especially since it's something that brings joy in times like these. So, everyone, keep your joy. Um, make sure that you also like, rate, view, and subscribe while you're at it. When you're taking a break from donating to necessary black causes. Amen. Yes, signing petitions and contacting your government officials and holding yeah. police enforcement account- accountable and educating your peers. Thank you. Yes. Um, but yeah, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, let us know if you listened to the 21 track album. What were your favorites? Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> let us know how you felt about Charlie. Um, and yeah, There's let us know. You- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry. It's okay. No, that's it. That's all I had to say. <laughs> that's um, it, folks. Yeah, that's it, folks. I mean, you check out our website, um, com and our social media. But with that, I'm Toby. And I'm Jasmine. And I'm Sophie. And you've been listening to... The, the Weekly Vacay! <laughs> I haven't...